Uh, this is a scripture that everyone doesn't know. Acts chapter 2. Come on, bro. Are you all fired up to listen to the word of God? Amen. Come on, Amen. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 14. It says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Amen. It's seven in the evening here. Amen. Amen. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Mm. Amen. This is what's happened then. And it's here right now. Amen. Amen. See here that Peter, he's preaching to all Jews who are present that the kingdom has come. He, it's already come. It's already here. Amen. Amen. He quotes a scripture in Joel chapter 2 where Joel envisioned a time when the Spirit would be available to every believer all the time. You see, no one is excluded in receiving the Holy Spirit Amen. when they enter the kingdom of God. But the one thing that really sticks out to me is in verse 17. It says, your young men or women will see visions. Mm. See, when you translate it, uh, I looked it up in a blueletterbible.org, amen. Um, the word young men means neoniscus, which means youth that is under the age of 40. Whoa. Which means that Joel here, God, is not talking about kids here. He's talking about young men and women mm. under the age of 40. Which means he's talking about us. Canvas disciples. <laughs> Amen. Let's and go. singles disciples. Amen. <laughs> but why do you think God said that about us young people? Well, I think, I believe that God said that uh, through the prophet Joel. Because we do not realize that God has a vision for our lives yet. Amen. Before we were disciples, we had no vision. But when we enter the kingdom of God... That's when we realize that God has actually a vision for us. We just don't realize it. We don't know yet, right? Mm. When we were in the world, we only have a worldly vision for ourselves. But that vision is only temporary. Once we receive the Holy Spirit, that's when we realize that God has a vision for us. Mm. And it is a far better vision than our worldly vision. You know, so uh, Joel A. Barker once said, Vision without action is merely a dream. Ooh. Action without vision just passes the time. Ooh. But vision with action can change the world. So tonight, we will be talking about having God's vision in our life. Because we are not only just a kingdom of dreamers. We're not a kingdom of prophesiers. We are a kingdom of visionaries. Amen. God's kingdom is not just a kingdom. It is a kingdom of vision and that is that that is tonight's title for today uh got a kingdom of vision let's turn our bibles to habakkuk habakkuk chapter 2 so the point that uh has been given to me um by kevin and isaiah first point god's vision for your life god's vision for your life this is great habakkuk chapter 2 I just passed. Mm-hmm. Have a <laughs> 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 
Come on, bro. Where you at? Yo, we're at. I'm looking for you too, you man. Before Revelation. Alright, awesome. Habakkuk chapter 2. Starting in verse 2. Come on, bro. Um, so be- just the background uh, history here. Uh, God and Habakkuk, Habakkuk was complaining to God about what's happening to Judah. Um, and God, and so Habakkuk keeps asking questions and God keeps answering them. So during this time, there is a Q&A portion here. There is a question and answer portion here. So let's read it here in verse 2. What's, uh, what has happened after that Q&A per- portion. Starting in verse 2, it says, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets, so that a herald, or in uh, the footnotes here, so that whoever reads it may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. So when you translate this, this scripture right here in the KJV, the word revelation can also mean vision. Mm-hmm. So write down the vision and make it plain on tablets. And you ask yourself, why does God want us or wants Habakkuk to write that down on tablets? There's two reasons why. I uh, checked this out. I did my research here. Come on, Come on, bro. Come on professor. First reason is that God wrote visions on tablets to make it permanent. Oh. That's also the reason why he wrote the Ten Commandments on oh. tablets as well. He wants to let us know that his vision for us will never change. Wow. God may change his plans for us, but his promises and visions will never change. Whoa. I think the reason why we have no vision is that it's not because God changed, it's because we changed. Oh. Not God, right? The second reason why is that God wrote visions on tablets to make it known, practical, and clear for others. Wow. God did this so other people will know that God has a vision for them and that they could benefit it from. Wow. See, tablets, they're made out of rocks, amen? amen? And the one rock that reminds me of is Jesus. Yeah. See, God, through Jesus, wants to make everyone know about His vision for us. Dang. He sends Jesus and the Holy Spirit to remind us of his vision for us. See in Jeremiah chapter 1. We don't have to turn there. Jeremiah chapter 1. Starting in verse 4. It says the word of the Lord came to me. Saying before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. Before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You see over here. Before we even created by God. In our room. In, sorry. In our mother's wombs. Amen. God already knew us. Before we even. We were even born. He already made us sepa- set apart from the others. Come on. And, and the word set apart can also mean holy. Yeah. He, made, he made us holy from others. As soon as you were created in this world, God already has a vision for us. My question to you guys is this. Are you guys willing to do what it takes to allow God's vision in your life to happen? Come on. Are you guys willing to make it known to others the vision that God has for our lives and their lives as well. Come on, bro. See, let's move forward here. Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 11. Let's see the importance of having God's vision in our lives. Why is it really important that we have God's vision in our lives? Come on, Nero. Come on, Nero. Luke chapter 11. 
Fire. So Luke chapter 11 is in the New Testament. Come on, bro. And it's before Revelation. Before Revelation and after Genesis. <laughs> Luke 11, starting in verse 34. It says here, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. On, See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just a full, as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. Mm. See, here, Jesus compares our eye to our spiritual vision with God. Jesus says that if your vision is according to God's vision, then your whole body is full of light. It's healthy. No. Jesus also said that if your vision is not according to God's vision, then your whole body is full of darkness. Mm. Only one lives in darkness because they do not know God's vision. And do you know what happens oh, to people sweet. when they do not have vision? Ooh. Let's turn our Bibles to Proverbs. Oh. Uh -oh. Proverbs. Chapter 29. Let's go. Proverbs chapter 29. Very simple scripture, but a very convicting and Hit us in the face, bro. Come on, Are you all ready for it? Let's go, bro. It says here, starting in verse 18. And only in verse 18. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. And you're like, what the heck? What does this mean? Exactly what it says. When you look at it in the KJV version, where there is no vision, people perish. Oh. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. So it's pretty straightforward here, amen. If people do not have vision, especially God's vision, then you will perish. Or in other, in other words, you will die. <laughs> right? Well. So how do we get God's vision? It's, it's in the next scripture right here. It says, Blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Hmm. So once you go after heeding wisdom's instruction, then you will not feel blessed, or in other words, superlatively happy, Asher, but also you will be full of light. Hmm. My question to you guys is this. Are you guys willing to let your vision for yourself be the same as God's vision? Or are you going to let yourself perish or die just like people who have no vision? Yeah. See? How do we see things spiritually determines how you will be what your vision is. Oh, sorry. How you will be. What your vision is, is what you will be. Amen. Right? My challenge to you guys is this. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. To start heeding God's vision. Mm. You have to realize that God has a vision for us. And that His vision for our lives is to be full of light. And to be blessed as much as possible. How are your quiet times? Come on, come on. How is your evangelism? How is your prayer times? Mm. How is your fellowship with the other disciples who have the same vision? Come on, is God's vision for you motivating you hmm. or is it a burden to you wow. see we are in the kingdom of god a kingdom full of dreamers a kingdom full of prophesiers a kingdom 
full of visionaries. Vision without action is merely a dream. Action without vision just passes time. Vision with action can change the world. And amen. Let us change the world. I love you guys so much and to God be all the glory. Wowzers! Come on, Nero. Thank you so much, Nero, for that. Um, guys, before I start, I have an interesting story for each and every one of you. Let's go, Timo! So before we get started, I must tell you guys, this is me just getting open. Before, Timo, <laughs> I was going to send my notes to Nero to print them, and I lost all my notes. <laughs> so what I'm going to preach is from the Spirit of God. Let's start our Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Let's go! Let's go! Okay, so I'm going to continue from where Nero left off. And so we're talking about vision in the kingdom of God. Come on. And Nero talked about vision um, for, for people, basically. But what I'm going to be talking about, the, the challenge I was given is actually something more challenging to me. Because it's, it's something I had to dig deep about. Come on, bro. Come on, Timmy. Vision for deep friendship. Let's open up to Proverbs chapter 18. Come, Come on, bro. bro. Let's and go, you know, when, when I think about deep friendships, there's just one proverb. There's, just, there's, there's a couple of proverbs that talk about what friendships mean. But there's this one proverb that came to mm-hmm. mind for me in particular. So Proverbs chapter 18. Yeah. And make your way to verse 24. Come on, bro. And when you're there, I will start reading. Can you say an amen when you get there? Amen! Amen. Now, it says, Proverbs 18, 24, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Simple and sad. Uh, And and you know, this this, this proverb is amazing uh, because it, it just tells you Simply what your faith is if you have unreliable friends. And I know most of us, I don't know, it may be different for each and every different one of us, but I know I left the world partly because of how unreliable the friends that I had in the world were. Mm. We were were literally walking down certain paths. Some of us were on the path to destruction because of how unreliable the friends we had were. You had friends that would see you do something and they knew in their minds you shouldn't be doing that, but they were not going to tell you what they and the Bible here says that if you have friends like that that are unreliable, friends that watch you make a mistake, friends that watch you mess up and say nothing, then you're about to come to ruin. And so this, this is just what I want to talk about. This is what the Lord put on my heart. So I want to ask each and every one of you, are you a reliable friend? And so when, when, when I think of what a reliable friend is like, or what a reliable friend, uh, an example of reliable friendship in the Bible, um, a story in the Bible, in, 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 the, in the book of Luke, comes to mind. Me. So please, turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Luke for chapter 5. When you get to Luke, look for chapter 5. And after looking for chapter 5, look for verse 17. Amen. Guys, you, you, know, you know the thing is, we all desire these kinds of friendships. Come on. Yeah. We all desire ride or die friendships. We all desire friends that will be there whether we want it or not. Yeah. I know, Let's I know go, Andrew. Me, loyalty is a big thing. So if I trust you and you let me down, this is just a heads up. If I trust you and you let me down, you're out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Let's have a look. Luke five. Luke chapter 5 verse 17. Thank you for calling it out, bro. And, and so guys, we're going to read this story and, um, and hopefully... 
I'm, I'm able to lay it out the way you know I saw it. You know. Come on, Timmy! So Luke, Luke chapter five. So it reads: So one day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees, those brothers, man, and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went on the roof, my goodness, these guys were crazy, and lowered his mat, him on his mat, in the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Come on. Verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friends, your sins are forgiven. And so here we see a bunch of men. It, it specifies them as men. I, I don't think it was family, because if it was family, they would have included it was family. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, come, come, come to a conclusion that these were this guy's friends. Come on, come on, come on. And, come on. and so we see that, that, that this guy's friends, uh, that this guy was healed because of the faith that his friends had. In particular, that is actually mentioned in verse 20. And so, in, in line with the, with the proverb that I shared before, this guy had reliable friends. Why? Check it out. Verse 18. So come these on. men were carrying the paralyzed man on the mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. So these men looked at their friend and tried to find a solution to their friend's problem. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they heard of this man called Jesus who could heal the blind, who was raising men from the dead. Come on, and they literally said, you know, if Jesus is doing all these other things for these different people, maybe he's able to help this friend of ours out. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Let's grab this guy. Let's grab this brother, this sister, this brother that's in sin and take him to Jesus. Come on, bro. Come on. And so when they get to Jesus, the worst thing happens. Imagine you get to the gas station and you literally have almost no gas. And you find like a whole line of cars. Oh and you literally, you literally, you know that if you do not fill up in like the next minute or two, the car is going to pull over. And so these guys get there and there's a line, there's a crowd. There's no way they can get to Jesus. But these guys start thinking, they're like, you know, we believe in Jesus so much to give up at this point. Just because there's a crowd doesn't mean we're going to let this go. Amen. These guys start to innovate. They're like, you know, we're going to go up to the roof. Guys, I want you to picture it. Imagine we're here having people. <laughs> And we see the roof open up. We see crumbs ah! starting to fall. And then we see, obviously, not Jesus, but the Lord, someone. Imagine what it was like back in the day. You know, sometimes we read the Bible as Come a fictional on. book or like as a, as a storybook. Like you're reading, you know, the Rapunzel and, and the seven princes. Or, Come on, know, come on. I don't yeah. even know. Cinderella and, and the prince. But, but we, should, we should picture some of these things happening. And so for me, the word that comes to mind for me is reliability. You know, a real friend, when in need, sits down and innovates they find a way to make things happen Amen. They, they, they don't stop they're not hindered by restrictions or regulations or uh inability to do certain things yeah. this man's friends got there and they realized there was a problem there was something that needed to be done but there was a hindrance they would have said you know what there's a problem we can't get to jesus we'll deal with this next time but they realized that jesus was the solution jesus was the answer to this man's problem and what did they do? They invented, they thought of something many people would look at as crazy, but to them, it was the solution. Amen. So I want to ask you guys, to what extent are you willing to go for your friends? Amen. Come on, come on. And come you know, on, it's, it's, it's interesting, there's a, there's a, in situations like this, um, I'm sure at a certain point in life, um, I, I know, I know when, when I was in high school, it got to a point that my parents wanted to give up, because... Like, every time I called my mom, I remember I was talking to her on my birthday. She was like, but Tim, you were a crazy kid. I was like, yeah, I know. And, 
I was, and she was telling me about how every single time I would call her when I was at school, because I'd obviously save the trouble for the end. I would talk, you know, we'd chat her, and then I'm like, oh, mom, by the way, I did this now. <laughs> and so literally, she, so she, she told me that every single time I called her, and before I got off the phone, her heart would literally be beating. Because she, she doesn't know what I'm going to pull out of the box, you know, what I'm going to pull out and lay before her. But, but because she loved me and, you know, she, she wasn't going to give up on me. She was my mother. But at a certain point in time, I could see she wanted to give up. I could see, I could see it in her eyes. She was not going to say it. But I could see she was like, God, you gave me this black sheep, man. I don't, I don't know where you dragged this kid out of, God, but just help me with this kid. And, like, I could see that in her eyes. But there's certain points where even family is willing to give up. And that's where this proverb makes sense. Is there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Wow. When you think about it, if, if let's say if someone died over here and, and you were mourning and you said your brother would be over there, but there'd be a friend that would be right next to you telling you, yo, I got you, man. I'm here for you. I got you. So I want to ask you, do you got the person next to you? Like, do you are you a friend? Are you reliable to the people in the kingdom of God? And you know, one thing that breaks my heart is... Um, in the kingdom of God, we try to build reliability. And I was talking to a certain disciple earlier this week. And, and, and the disciple was telling me, man, it sucks when I call other disciples and they don't pick up. It sucks when I call them and they don't even return a call. And, and, and it's sad because we're trying to build unity in the kingdom of Come God. On. But if you can't even return a phone call, Amen. if you can't even text back someone, then how do you expect to have reliable friends? You know, you see so many times... We want to have reliable friends, yep. but we're not willing to be that friend that we need. Oh, come on, and too many times we crawl about, God, I have no friends in the kingdom. But are you bringing that friend yourself? Oh, are you being the friend that you want? Come on, come on. Oh, wow. uh, I, I don't know if it was uh, Mahatma Gandhi that said you should be, I don't know if it was Muhammad Ali, that you should be the change you want to see. <laughs> so if you're not being the friend you want to have, how do you expect to have a friend come on, Timmy. that you want to? I think you get the point. Except somewhere else. We should be the friends that we want to have. And you know, sometimes, I know it gets hard to be a friend to certain people. Even when, like, you know, you call up someone and, like, they don't pick up. You text them like, man, bro, I'm trying to connect with you. But, like, you're not trying. Like, it's, it's one-sided. That's in the book of Romans. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. And, 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 and you know, earlier this week as well, man, this week has been a crazy week, you know. Prayer, yeah. pray, prayer, prayer God, gets God to show you certain things about yourself. Yo, straight up. Um, one, a, a, a one certain disciple did something that shook me up so much. <laughs> and, and I was judging this disciple's life in my head. I was like, God, this, this disciple deserves to be struck down with lightning right now. Forgive him, forgive him. Yo, forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. Yo, don't look at me like you ain't never prayed that. <laughs> and I was walking out the door, and, and, and one thing God put on my heart. You know that those times when God slaps you with something in your yes, face? Yes. And it hit me in my face. Like, I remember I was in that spot over there, right next to that mirror. I was walking out. And God reminded me, he was like, Tim, do you remember where you came from? Do you remember where I brought you from? Do you remember that I did not give up on you, even when your family thought you were a pain? Wow. Let's turn to Romans. Come Yo! Romans chapter 4. And, 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 and this, this, I believe this, this, this scripture that I'm going to share showed me God's perspective. Why when we were in the world, God waited on us. Like God dealt with all our crap. You know, you did this and then, you know, he brought people to study the Bible with you and then you snaked away from them. And it was like, it's okay, I'll wait for you. I'll be patient. You do all these nasty things. And like God was like, you know what? You're worth it. I'll wait for you. On, Let's check this out. So Romans chapter 4, and we're going to read from verse 17 to verse 22. Come on, bro. Come on. That's great. And so verse 17 reads, So as 
it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. This may not make sense for now, but it will make sense. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope. Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring breed. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Verse 22. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. And so when I read this story, in particular, verse 17 stood out to me. But after that, you know, after thinking about the, the, the whole scripture made sense. So, you know, verse 17 says, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Because you know the thing about God is, is God showed me this. Is, is the reason as to why God didn't give up on you is because when God looks at you, he sees the potential you have. Amen. He doesn't see the crap you put in before him. He doesn't see how naughty. He doesn't see the words or, or how stubborn you're being. He sees the person that you can be. God is a visionary. He looks, he looks way beyond. He doesn't look at what's right in front of you. It's like putting this finger right in front of you and you focus on this finger, yet you're trying to get to that door. Come on. God looks at the door. He doesn't look at the crap you're laying before. Amen. Come on, bro. And so similarly, I want to ask you guys, when you look at the disciples in the kingdom of God, Come on. do you look at their crap or do you see what they can become? Do you see the people that they can be six years down the road? Do you see the evangelists that God can raise ten years down the road from these people? Come on. And guess when God hit me with this brick in my face, I was like, God, you're awesome. Well, because God is. You know, when God gives you vision, in verse 18, he talks about against all hope. Literally, Abraham had no reason to believe in God other than the fact that he was God. The only reason he had to believe in God was the fact that God was he who he was like there was no there was nothing else that showed because first of all he talks about how he was 100 years old sarah's womb was dead there was no chance that they would have a child there was no chance that he would be the father of the many nations that god would promise him but abraham against all hope believed that god would do what he promised to do and so why i share this scripture is because when we look at people we need to be able to believe that irrespective of how unreliable they are at that point in time, that God can change them and make them into people that you didn't even see. Only God sees that. And you know, one thing that came to mind for me is that when we have vision, we have hope. Vision brings hope that will help you endure through the hard days. Um, There's a saying that I came across as I was preparing for for, for this sermon. And the the saying was, um, let me open my book because... I need to see it. So a real friend walks in when everyone else walks out. Come on. So you get into certain situations where no one will want to deal with you and no one will want to hold your hand and walk you through the journey. But a real friend walks in when everyone else 
works out. And that's Jesus. I think that's the reason as to why we came into the kingdom of God. Because we're looking for stability. We're looking for reliability. We're looking for a friend that will be there for us even when things got hard. And that is what Jesus had been for each and every one of us. But the question I want to ask everyone is, are you being that reliable friend? When you look at people, when you look at the people you disciple, when you look at your friends, your brothers and sisters, even the people you evangelize to, do you see who they can become? I I, I just love the point that Nero shared um, about how are we willing to make known to others the vision that God has for them? Come on. When you look at people, do you tell them, bro, God has a plan for you. God, God has a plan to make you something even you can't fathom. Something beyond your wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. And so guys, just to wrap this up, I believe I've exceeded my 10-minute limit. Um, I just want to challenge each and every one of you. To see the best in people. Yeah. That is the one thing. With vision, when you see the best in people, you will have hope to hold these people's hands. Even when they punch you in the face. Even when people are not there for you. Even when you expect them to be there for you. And once again, I'll say the saying is, a true friend walks in when everyone else walks out. So I'm telling each and every one of us to be a true friend to one another. I love you all and to God be the glory. Amen! The first turn, turn to your neighbor and remind them that God is good. 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 The second turn is to John 14. God, where? John 14, 6. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Preach it, bro. Come on, bro. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. Come on, As we go deeper into vision, tonight we'll be talking about God's vision for the lost world. Amen. Come on, bro. And the title is A World Without a Compass. Wow. Wow. How does God feel about the world? Mm. Let's check out John 3. Come on, bro. Come on, Rich. Come on, Rich. All right. start, bro. John 3, verse 16. Come on, bro. Oh, come on, bro. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And God here is telling us that he loves the world. He gave his only son. He loves and he gives. Why? So that we may have eternal life. Coming back to the question, why did he give his son? Without turning there, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. 
When there is love, there's the giving of one's time, one's effort, and resources. Come on, bro. There's a specific individual just recently that was dearly beloved by the sisters. The sisters welcomed them into their home. They had affection for him. One of the sisters even cut his hair. And this is Brandon's dog, dad's dog, (laughs) Pookie. In the same way these sisters love Pookie, God here loves the world. Wow. God loves the world. Come on, bro. And that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Without turning there, Romans chapter 1, verse 20 talks about God's divine nature, his eternal power. God is powerful. Mm. With all the power that God has access to, is he a coercive God? Is he forceful? Does he pressure us into loving him? Mm. Let's check it out in Joshua. Come on, bro. Come on, Rich. Come on, Rich. Come on, Richard Chan. Come on, Chan Chan. Come on, bro. Preach it, bro. Great question. Come on, Rich. Great job, bro. I know you got my back. Joshua 24. Come on, bro. 24. Verse 15. So once again, the question is, God is all-powerful. Is he forceful? Does he pressure us? Does he force us to love him? Joshua chapter 24. Verse 15. Come on, Rich. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hmm. Wow. God even though God's vision for those to believe is to have eternal life, he's not a cruel and oppressive ruler. Man. He allows us to choose. Wow. We have the freedom to choose. Great point, bro. God's vision for the lost world is to have eternal life. Man. We are to make that decision. Come on, bro. I have two older sisters. Growing up, one of my sisters created one of the most delectable meals, shepherd's pie. I've had her shepherd's pie. I've had their shepherd pie. I've had their shepherd pie. There was something different about my sister's shepherd pie. (laughs) And I'm thinking, could it have been the specific type of potatoes used? (laughs) The specific type of meat? The vegetables, mm. the temperature at which it is prepared, mm, or even the time. So I'm thinking if she were to add an additional ingredient, that would change the outcome. Mm. If she were to take away something, that would also change the outcome. And at the end of the day, there were steps, 
specific steps. Amidst God loving the world and including offering eternal life, there are specific steps mm. in reaching that outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And Great point. Great point. Let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. Come on, bro. And let's see what ingredients God requires mm. for this desired outcome. Come on. Great this is awesome. Let's check this out. Delicious, bro. Here we go. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine. Come on, bro. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that anyone should perish, but all should reach repentance. If we know that God is offering us eternal life, an ingredient, a step, is repentance. Hmm. And we also know from Peter in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, repentance coupled with the baptism. Hmm. Come on, man. Let's check this out. Come on, bro. So. Come on, Rich. Yeah. (laughs) God's vision for the lost world is that we choose to repent and get baptized. Wow, there you go. Siblings, brethren, sisterin. <laughs> now, as children of God, followers of Jesus, what are we to fulfill in regard to God's vision for the lost Amen. world? Let's check this out. John chapter 13. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Who's ready to boogie? Let's go, Rich. Come on, bro. Come on, Rich. John chapter 13. Come on, bro. Lead the way, bro. This is great. Let's go, bro. Verse 34. Let's check this out. John 13, verse 34. Come on, bro. So once again, how are we to fulfill God's vision in relation to God's vision for the lost world? Come on, bro. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another just as I have loved you. Mm. You are to also love one another. By this, all people, including the lost, will know that we are disciples, followers of Jesus, if we have love for one another. Come on, bro. Some of you may know this. Some of you may not. I live here. Let's check this out So For the month of April Before moving in here I was looking for a place to live So once again I have two sisters The sister who does not make the shepherd's pie The other one Welcomed me into her home To live for a majority of the month of April Lo and behold, she's also my biggest persecutor. She's my biggest persecutor. She has invested time after time. She's even created a pamphlet with saying what I'm doing is wrong. So living in their basement, she goes, hey, let's have a talk. All right, we're in the basement. We're sitting there. I'm leaning against the wall. She's leaning against the little island. She goes, what you're doing is wrong. That these people are using you. Mm. You're not doing the right thing. Mm. As for me, 
You can always count on me. Whether it's money, whether it's food, or a place to stay, you can always count on me. And as we finish up that conversation, I say thank you. That took place on a Monday. I was scheduled to move that Wednesday. Later on that night, I called this, ge- this gentleman right here. Yo, Nero asked me, he goes, hey, is it okay if Tony and I come over Wednesday morning to help you move? And then I was like, hey, let me double check with my sister. I messaged her, I was like, hey, is it okay if Tony and Nero come over Wednesday morning? Alarmed and shocked, she's like, why? <laughs> Tony took the day off, he has a day off, and he rented a U-Haul truck, and they're both coming to help me move. She responds with two words, good people. Wow. <laughs> Come on, bro. Yo, straight up, right? Come on, bro. That's awesome. Come on, Nero. Those who are lost do not know God. Oh. Those who do not know God do not know His love. Oh. oh sir. Wow. Bro. Good point, bro. <clears throat> Thanks a lot. You're a good guy, bro. <laughs> Come on, Rich. God's vision for the lost world is that they can get a glimpse so that they can witness God's love when us as Jesus' disciples love one another the way Jesus loved. Bang, bang. Let's check this out. Last scripture. Let's hop to Matthew. Amen. Amen, bro. Come on, bro. Let's go. Can I get a whoop, whoop, whoop? Okay, let's check this out. Okay, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Come on, Rich. Come on. Hati. <laughs> let's check this out. <laughs> let's check this out. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Let's go, bro. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Mm. But I say to you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. Mm. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you only greet your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Come on, bro. The challenge for you, the challenge for me, the challenge for us is this. Think of three people who do not know God and for the next seven days, including tonight, pray for them. Come on, bro. Pray for them. Great job. To be like Jesus is to seek and to save the lost. The lost are lost. May we all be compasses that show the lost the way. This is your brother serving, loving alongside you with our father. Here we go. We're going to stand up and give a round of applause to these three incredible gentlemen.